All right, Life Church, you're going to want to find your seats quickly because you guys, today, we are going to hear an amazing sermon on hope. And guess what? I'm not preaching it to you. This morning, you get to hear, I, sorry, Pastor Mike, my favorite preacher. Uh, uh, and, and she's going to bring you an amazing word. Her name is Tanya Cherie Jansen. Can we give it up for her right now? Come on, Life Church. Now everyone knows her middle name. <laughs> Not like I'm trying to keep it a secret, but yes, good morning. I am so excited to be able to bring a word on hope. And already I feel that in this room, there has just been hope. Already just seen um, arising in this place, because in the presence of God, how do I know that? Because in the presence of God, there is hope. There is peace. There is love. There is joy found in his presence. So if you are online and you are just feeling a little weary, a little worn out, a little discouraged, if you're here and you're feeling those things, I have good news for you. There is hope, free gift for you in his presence. And we're going to unpack it this morning. So today, as you see, the theme is hope. We're celebrating the Advent season. What is Advent season? We read some scriptures and we lit the first candle. And Advent celebrates the anticipation and the coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The Latin word for Advent is coming. It's the coming of our Messiah, a season of waiting for his arrival. There are four traditional themes that you see up on the banner. We have hope, peace, love, and joy. All beautiful promises that are ours because of the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is my ultimate favorite time of the year. I love, Matt has alluded to this already. Yes, our Christmas decorations were up a couple weeks ago already. I don't know if that's like unsacred or something, but ours go up mid-November. And because uh, I just can't get enough of it. I love this season. I love everything, the traditions and, and the lights and the family time and the music, the carols. We were, I was so excited to be able to bring out the carols for this morning. And, um, but most of all, I do love the season for just bringing our focus into the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. He's here. What an amazing, amazing truth that we get to celebrate in this season. He is here with us. He came. We're not having to wait anymore. He is here. He is our Savior. And um, I love this season. So um, if I have a bigger smile on my face the next four Sundays of this month, you know why. Be like, oh, she's in her element. <laughs> Christmas is her time. Um, but this is, yeah, so we are going to get to unpack these themes. And so today we get to explore what is hope and what does that mean for you? What does that mean for me? What is the hope that we are promised through Jesus Christ? I just want to pray before we get started. Lord, I just... Thank you so much for this morning. I thank you that you've already been here and that you're with us. You're here in this place. And I believe so strongly, Lord, that as we read through your word, which is truth, which has a power to change lives just by the words in these pages, Lord Jesus. Father, that hope would be um, given out. Father, people would, hope would be arising in their hearts as they hear these promises and these scriptures this morning. Lord, would you just change us from the inside out? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I titled this A Thrill of Hope because of that line in another favorite carol of mine, Ovaly Nights, A Thrill of Hope, The Weary World Rejoices. Isn't that amazing? Thrill, feeling of excitement. Thrill of hope, 
the weary world rejoices. Who feels a little bit weary? <laughs> a little bit worn out? You know, that I believe that is all of us. That's just our day in, day out life. We get tired. We get tired. Us, the weary, we rejoice because we have hope. We know the hope. Romans 15, 13. This scripture has just been coming back all week as I've been preparing. This is the scripture that just kept popping out. It was in my devotional one day. It was so crazy. You know when God's like really speaking to you? And uh, I like opened it up and I wasn't even reading about hope. But this scripture was in the devotional. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope, may he fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now this is Paul writing to the Romans. This is his prayer. May you be filled with God's hope. May you abound in his hope. And that's my prayer this morning for you. That's prayer for all of us. That we may abound. There's abundance of hope. May we abound in his hope. Hope, it's a feeling. The definition of this word is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing I will get to go to Hawaii one day. I hope we'll be having Mexican for dinner. You can pass, you can toss that word around really easily. Hoping for something. You have a desire for something good to happen. The biblical hope, the biblical definition of hope is a confident expectation. I love that. Confident expectation and desire for something good in the future. Confident expectation. We can have this confident expectation because our hope is not in circumstances, not in what is going on around us, but it is in a person, right? Jesus Christ. Our hope is all in him. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. We were saying that this morning. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking stand. It is in him. It is because of him. That is the only reason why we can have confidence confident assurance, confident expectation, because it's in Jesus. That's where our hope is rooted from, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that it's not just mere wishful thinking or positive um, thinking or optimism. No, no, no. It goes so much deeper than that, because we have hope in Jesus Christ. He came, Emmanuel, God with us. He is living. He is ruling and reigning, and my hope is grounded in him. Solid, solid grounding. You've watched the news. We've read the headlines. We are bombarded with what's going on. There's sickness. There's people filling hospital wards. How can we have hope? Sometimes it looks so dismal. And discouragement is the opposite of hope, right? When you're just, when you're down and worn out and discouraged. But it is all because of my, uh, your focus needs to be on higher, on Jesus, on what is greater. And so easily it is, it's so easy to get consumed with what is going on around you, whether it be on the news, whether it be your own personal circumstances, um, a diagnosis, financial difficulty. There's so many things that come at us in life, and it is so very easy to slip into the overwhelm of, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? I can't see any. I can't see any way out of it. I don't know what I'm going to do here in this situation. But as soon as we can turn our gaze and our focus back up to him and realign our focus, realign our perspective, who's in charge? Who's holding us? 
who has the whole world in his hands, it's Jesus, then hope is able to arise. Hope comes up. Now, we're going to look at a couple meanings of this word hope. And in this, in the word hope, yes, there is waiting and expectation. In Psalm 62, verse 5 and 6, it says, My soul, wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He alone is my rock, and he is my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Hope, it anchors our souls. It is an anchor. It goes down deep. My expectation is in him. I love that Psalms. I go to that one so many times because when other things are kind of clouding my vision, mm -mm, no, I'm not having my expectation in something working out or a situation turning out a certain way. I would hope it to, but I have all my hope in Jesus Christ. He is my expectation. My expectation is all in him, and that is our anchor. That is, can be your anchor as well. In the Old Testament, there are two main words used for hope, and I think this is so cool. Number one is, I hope I say these right, but I did listen on the internet to make sure I got the pronunciation right, so it should be good. Yahal. Yahal is the first word, means to wait for. Examples, Noah in the ark, and you know, the waters are going for 40 days, 40 nights, and then they start to stop, and then he has to wait. There's a period of waiting, right? We all have been in those seasons, and then he has to send out a dove, and then he sends out a raven, and then he sends out, right? And there's a season of waiting on God for when you can move out, when he can move out of the ark, when he was allowed to go, when you can move, when I can move, when God moves. You know, Dwight was talking about that this morning, and he says, sometimes when you pray, it's a long wait. Sometimes it's way longer than we want. Actually, I have found that the waiting is usually longer. This is an awesome praise report that Dwight had about the, the answer to prayer right away. I love that. Um, but oftentimes, and I'm sure many of you can testify to this too, that we pray, we are waiting on God, and we're believing for something, but there is a time to linger and to tarry. And sometimes it seems so long, but that is a part of the hope. That is a word for hope. That is a meaning for hope. The other one, number two, is kava. Another Hebrew word in the Old Testament used kava. And it also means to wait. And that word kav is a cord in Hebrew. And so it's like when you pull a cord and you produce tension, right? When you're pulling that cord, you're producing tension. It's like the feeling of tension when you are expecting and waiting for something. There's a tension in that time. God, are you going to move? God, where are you? There's a tension. As you are waiting, you're being pulled. Kav, to wait. Kava. Waiting and expectation. All a part of that word hope. I'm waiting on you, God. My expectation is from you, is in you. I'm not going anywhere. I shall not be moved. And that is something that you have to speak to yourself, sometimes many, many times. Because if your situation is really, really dire, and you are really weary and worn out because you've been believing, you've been standing for something, but you need to stand when all else keeps standing. Your hope is in the Lord. I will wait, and I will expect. I will expect waiting and expectation. A confident expectation and desire for something to happen in the future. 
Psalm 135 to 7. I wait, there's that word again, for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I do hope. Solid rock foundation. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. Ah, O Israel, hope in the Lord. Hope in God, church. Expect God to move. Expect God to do great things. Hope, hope, hope in God. Place your hope in the right, in the right person. Psalm 42, 5 and 6. I'm going through the Psalms. This is my favorite. All these scriptures on waiting and asking God. And you know what? So many times the psalmist, David, you guys know this. You're familiar with the Psalms. You know, there's a, a lament or a grieving in his soul. And then he has to turn it around and he speaks to himself. Soul, I will praise the Lord. Soul, I will bless the Lord. Soul, you're going to wait on the Lord. And I have found that that is true almost every hour of every day. <laughs> I have to constantly be realigning my thoughts and my direction because this world and everything that's going on and all the situations that I face, that you face, want to pull you down and turn your attention away from God, your source of hope. And it is con the world is constantly doing that, distractions. And so I'm constantly coming back like David saying, soul, wait. Soul, your expectation is in God. Let's remember who we're hoping in. So Psalm 42, 5 and 6. Here we are. We're talking to ourselves. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you. And there's the secret as well. When you're feeling weary in the waiting, when, it's, when you've been holding on for a really long time, whether it's sickness, whether it's a loved one, a broken relationship, someone that you're praying for, a financial situation, all of the things that we face in life, and you're weary. And I can say to my soul, soul, come on, you need to wait on the Lord. You need to bless the Lord. You need to praise the Lord. And sometimes that isn't quite enough. But you know what we're told in Psalms? I remember. It's what he says right there. Oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember. I will remember you. Remember God, who he is, what he's done, who he is. Remember when he's brought you out of the pit. Remember when he made a way when you didn't think there was a way. Remember his faithfulness and his goodness. And you know what happens? Hope. Faith begins to arise. It comes. It comes because you can look back and see what he has done for you and where you've come from. And hope arises. Speak truth to yourself. Call yourself up and out. Remember what God has done. Let hope arise. See, this relationship with Jesus is active. We have to actually take these scriptures and take these promises and take these words and get them into our souls. So when you're saying, soul, wait on God, what do I do? Okay, well, I'm really discouraged right now. I don't see a way. My focus is on you, Lord. I remember, I remember when you did this last year. Said, yes, you came through. Yes, you did this for me. Okay, you're going to do it again. You're going to do it again. Active, active. Stirring your soul, stirring your faith, hope arising. 
there's this quote I came across when I was studying from the Bible Project, and I just loved it. I actually think I'm going to write it out somewhere and put it in our home. But it is God's past faithfulness that motivates hope for the future. You look forward by looking backward, trusting in nothing other than God's character. Isn't that so good? i got to read that again. It is God's past faithfulness in your life, church, that will motivate hope for your future. Remember that. Remember that. He is good. He is faithful, even when you may not see it in a certain time. Even if you don't see it right now, he is faithful. And you can look back, and you can recall and remember, and then call your soul up. Call your spirit up. I hope in you, God, only you. I will remember, I will remember what you have done. And I believe that you can and you will, in your timing, do it again and move again. You know, we have this word of God that we can read countless, countless stories of the cloud of witnesses the Bible talks about, the people that have gone before us, the men and women who have experienced the faithfulness of God. And many, many, if not all of them, not have, have been in seasons of waiting, and some of them never got to see the promise. But they still waited, and they still testify. Their stories testify to God's goodness. Their stories, you think of Abraham and Sarah waiting for the promise in a very long time, not in the timing that I would have wanted, but it came, God's faithfulness. So we can look back on those stories, and these clouds of witnesses are saying, he is faithful, he is good. We have been there, we have gone to the bottom, and we know that it's rock solid there at the bottom. Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Do you believe that? Remember in your own life, but also go to the word of God and read about the men and women of God who have been tested, who have waited and seen. And your hope will arise. Hope arising. Let hope arise in you. Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14. I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Remember that wait, hope, interchange them. Wait on the Lord. Hope in him. Be of good courage as you wait, and he shall strengthen your heart. Church, he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, wait on the Lord. It's gonna get better. There is hope. Why do I know that? Because it's in Jesus Christ. I don't know exactly what will happen in the situation, what's going to happen with that diagnosis. I don't know. You don't know. But I know the God who does and who is over all and who sees all and is in control. We remember he is in control. He's ruling and reigning over all. I would have lost heart, except I believe that I will see his goodness. I will. Hoping, confident expectation and desire for something good to happen. I believe it. I believe it. Something good, confident expectation because of Jesus, because of Jesus. Not because I'm so faith-filled, not because I'm so good, but because I know my Savior. I know Emmanuel, God with us. He is here. I know that in my very depths of my being. When I think of waiting and hoping, 
and expecting. All those words that are hard words. I don't like waiting. I'm very impatient. Just ask my husband. Lineups, border lineups. It was really good that the borders were closed for a couple years, though, because we didn't have to have that, like, marital conflict about, you need to get in this one. That one's going faster. Oh, no, what are you doing? You're in the slowest lane. Because <laughs> Matt could care less. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, five cars have gone. I have counted them. you got to get in that lane. Now, I am probably one of the most impatient people ever. And I don't want to wait, but I know that waiting is good for me. And I know that it produces character, even when I'm sitting in the line. And Matt just does it for fun. And I border line up. It's like, <laughs> so patient. So just, you know, and I'm like, oh, could have been across the border right now. Um, and I also hate standstill traffic. Oh, that's the one thing I could be doing, but standing in this traffic. Anyways, so that's a little bit of my personality. So waiting is not easy for me. This is not an easy thing. Um, but when I think of waiting, a couple years ago, a year and a half ago, and many of you were a part of this story and knew what was going on, but we were in a season where we had to move houses. We were renting, and we were told we've got X amount of months um, to get out. And in the time with the market, it was very hard to find a home for our family. And it felt like a very long time. That until God would move. Now, I realize in the scheme of our lives, it was months, but it felt like a long time when you don't know where you're going and you have a family and you're bringing, and it was really um, a test for us, test for me, but I kept coming back to these scriptures, the ones that I'm reading to you right now. Wait on the Lord. Hope, time of hope. Where's your expectation? Are you, what, where are you trusting in? I trust in God. He is going to do it. I know he can. He always has. He always will. My faith, my confidence, my expectation is in him alone. I will hope in him. Even when I am really discouraged right now. Even when it feels hopeless. And you know what? And God was so faithful in that time. He kept giving us, kept giving us promises. And I remember a song that came out during that time, a worship song. It's called Wait on You. We sing it here in church. It says, I've tasted your goodness, and I'll trust in your promise. I am going to wait on you. I'm going to wait. And in the waiting, there's strength arising. There's hope arising. And I felt that in my soul. I knew that. There were days where I was like, because it felt like, come on, God. Now we're like down to a wire, and I've got a family to move. We've got a family to move. It's not just me. Um, but he comes through, and it's beautiful, and his timing is right. It's not usually my favorite, but it's, it's his timing. So I'll trust him. My expectation is in God. My hope is in God. So we wait. We wait for. We wait and expect God to move. Let that hope be your anchor in the storm. Let it go down deep. Before I conclude, I want us to take a look at another side of hope that I know is all too familiar and real for us. Number two, I'm going to talk about misplaced hope. Misplaced expectations and desires. I want us to go to Mary in the Bible, in Luke 1. Mary, the mother of Jesus, and we're going to be reading about her so much in this month, and and she kind of becomes this beautiful hero in this season, which she is. And um, Mary 
was this young girl, the Bible tells us, who was engaged to be married, very young, not like in their 20s and 30s, but she was a girl that the Bible says when the angel came to her, he said, you're highly favored one and blessed among women. That is what Luke 1 says about Mary. So we can assume that she was a girl that was following after the heart of God, doing the best that she could, living for him. And I bet you that she had great dreams as she's engaged to be married to Joseph, and then they would be able to build a family and and worship in the temple and raise their children up. And, you know, as we do, you have these great dreams and expectations. Here's Mary, and she's got this, you know, vision and dream of what her life could look like and was on its way to be. And then all of a sudden, her life gets flipped upside down in like a second, which when tragedy strikes, when financial difficulty strikes, it usually is just like that and your world is upside down. And she's looking at this, and now the angel's telling her that she's going to carry the Messiah. What does that mean? And that she is going to be pregnant. What does that mean? And now she has to tell Joseph, and now her reputation, what are people going to say about her, and what is she going to do? And I, I can only imagine her whole life. You're like, oh my goodness, what did you just say to me, angel? This is like the worst news ever would be my first response. What? You just ruined my life. But what does Mary say? The most beautiful, beautiful response. Her response is one of humility. Her response was, let it be to me according to your word. Luke 1, verse 38. Let it it be to me. Let it be to me. I was hoping my life would look this way. I had expectations. I was waiting. I've got a wedding. I've got a marriage. I'm waiting on this family that I'm dreaming of having. Now it's all changing. God's got a different plan, as he often does. God's got a different path for me to take, for Mary to take. And the most beautiful response comes out of this young woman. Let it be to me. Humility. We also look in the New Testament at some followers of Jesus, and it's later on in Luke, and it's kind of that same thing of a misplaced hope, misplaced expectations. And in Luke 24, verse 21, this is right after the crucifixion of Jesus. He's been buried, and now these men have not seen it, but he has risen already. But they're walking on the road to Emmaus in Luke um, 24, verse 21, and they're talking about everything that's gone on, discouraged. And Jesus comes up to them and meets them on this road. They don't know it's him because the Bible says the eyes had not been opened yet. And he's like, what are you talking about? They're like, do you not know what's going on? What has just happened? And then they proceed to say, oh, you know, our Jesus, who is a, such a man of God, and he was teaching, we were following him, and now he's been crucified, and he's been buried. And we had hoped, they say in Luke, I want to make sure I say this right, Luke uh, 24, verse 21, They say to Jesus, they don't know it's him, they say, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. We were hoping that he was going to be the one. And now, everything, he was up on a cross, it was horrible, we were watching all this happen, then they bury him in a tomb. We were hoping, but we were hoping. And again, these are men that were followers of Jesus. They were with him. These were not bad people. These are actual people like you and I 
who loved Jesus, Mary, these men traveling to the road to Emmaus, people who love the Lord and have good desires, a desire that Jesus would be the Redeemer, that's a very good, good desire. But it was misplaced because, like Mary, could have been all her hopes and dreams in her circumstance. Like these men, they had it, their plans, they had hope in their plans. Oh, he, he is going to be the one. I bet you he is the one. Instead of focusing back on who Jesus is. And so Mary's response, as I just read to you, was this beautiful one of, let it be, humility. And I love that so much. And these men, I love it because as the story goes on, they invite Jesus into their home. And so they've kind of vented this frustration, these, these disappointed hopes to Jesus, who they don't know is Jesus. Then they invite him in, and they have dinner with him. He comes in, and they eat. And it says, it says that in their, in, in their disappointment, they ask Jesus to abide with us. That's what the New King James Version says. Abide with us. Come and eat with us. Then they sat down at the table together and ate. And I was remembering Psalm 23, verse 5, when it talks about the table that's set before us, that Jesus says, come and eat. So these disappointed men sit down at a table and eat with their Savior, but they don't know. There's provision. They commune. They dwell with Jesus. And then it says their eyes were opened and they knew him. He was made known to them in the breaking of the bread at the table. And then their response was, did our hearts not burn within us while he talked to us on the road? They're like, oh, yeah, there was something. There was something with this man as we were, like, complaining and pouring out our disappointment and our unmet hope. There was something that was different in our hearts. Here is Jesus. Did our hearts not, not burn within us? Desire. There was something that was in them that Jesus that Jesus awoken in their spirits when he was walking with them. And that's what I just want to remind you, church, that when we sometimes have good hopes, good expectations, good dreams and desires, but they don't seem to be panning out the way we thought they would, this is a call to remember to realign yourself. I talked about that in the beginning. Constantly realigning your thoughts back to Jesus. It is all about Jesus. Your hope and your expectation has to be in him. Let it be unto me. So if you have a different plan, God, than my good godly prayers and dreams, then let it be. Because, Lord, my desire is to be with you. My hope is in you, Jesus, only you. So if my life is going to look differently than what I had hoped, if this situation is going to turn out differently than I had hoped, God, you are still on the throne. You do not change. And my hope is in you. You. That's it. So I might accidentally have put my hope in something different, so I need to come back. We drift. We drift daily. Church, we drift. We drift because we get distracted and we drift from our eyes being set on him, on what is most important. So daily, 
realigning yourself. Oh, I'm coming back, Jesus. I'm sorry. I got a little distracted. I'm sorry, God. I got a little carried away with that. Okay, all right, so you want this? Okay. I humble myself. I humble myself because I don't want to put my hope in the wrong thing. I don't want my hope to be in a situation, even if it's good, or in ideal, pleasant circumstances. No, 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 no. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Oh, my heart burns when he speaks. I want my heart to burn. Only Jesus. Your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. My hope will not waver because my hope is in you, Jesus. My hope is anchored in you. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I've desired of the Lord, this is what I, that will I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And I think of those followers of Jesus as they're sitting at the table, eating with Jesus after they've been disappointed about the, what has come, what they thought had happened. And then they dwelt with Jesus. They dwelt with him at the table. They communed with him were opened. And that is my prayer, that that realigning comes when your hopes and desires and wishes and expectations are a little bit off. This is an invitation to come. Dwell with Jesus. Dwell with him and get your focus back to where it's supposed to be. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That is true hope, where true hope is from. Being anchored in your relationship with him. Dwell with him. Let him be your one desire. Let him be your hope. Humble yourselves like Mary did. Okay, God, let it be your will. Your will be done. Your will be done. There's a quote by, um, and I think I actually skipped over it, you guys. I'm so sorry, <laughs> by John Piper. It says, the best sermon you preach to yourself this week may only be three words. Hope in God. Speak it to yourself this week. When something in your life, in your work, in a relationship, in your health kind of goes the wrong way or shifts a different way, an unexpected turn, hope in God. Go back to the scriptures. Go back to the Psalms and remind yourself, get into the Old Testament and read the stories of men and women of God who have come through it, who have come through the waiting, who have come through the fire and seen the faithfulness of God. Remind yourself, realign yourself, and put your focus back on him. Soul, I will hope in God. I will hope in God. Is your expectation in him alone? Are your desires found in him alone? Have you kind of got some of your hopes a little bit twisted up, even though they're good? We need to surrender them to the Lord and just place all of our attention and focus back to Jesus. Lay them down at the feet of Jesus. Lord, this is my desire that your will be done. My hope is in you. I trust in you. My desire and my expectation for the future is in you and only you. Have your way. Do what you want to do. Can I have Tina come up? And I just wanted to respond to that by just singing the chorus of that song. And you can stay seated. But I wanted to sing Wait on You. 
because I really feel that in this place, and you might be at home listening to that, maybe this is you're, this is speaking to you like, ah, yeah, I kind of been really focusing on the outcome, good outcome. I've been really focused on that, or I've been really discouraged in the waiting. Let's just take this. hope and the faith in my spirit. It's been long. You're not answering, God. I remember praying that. He is faithful. He is a good God. Remind yourself. Recall his goodness. I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait, I say. Wait on the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Ask the Lord in these moments to realign your desires and your expectations. Where is your hope? Has it drifted a little bit from just being hope anchored in Jesus Christ alone, in Him alone? Has it kind of drifted into hoping, you know, this, if we could get this? amount of money, it would really help with this situation going into 2023. If we, there, the possibilities are endless of what you might be facing. Hope in Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you. I'm gonna wait on you. I'll taste in your good
pray that you would stir hearts today that are feeling weak and worn out, discouraged. Father, I pray that your breath of God, the Holy Spirit breath, would breathe hope into each soul and each heart today that is in need of refilling and refreshing, which I believe is all of us. <laughs> Every day needing a fresh touch from you, a fresh touch of hope to see as you want us to see things, Lord Jesus. Father, may we be a people who look to you, who have our expectation on you and what you can do. That our desire would be you and only you. And that we would be a steadfast people that wait and then keep waiting and keep waiting and standing and standing firm on the rock that our feet are planted on because we know that it will not be moved because we have a firm foundation, Jesus Christ. So our hope will not be moved. And I'm here to remind you, church, that our hope is firm. You will not be shaken. It may feel like you're tossed and you're turned but, and being thrown this way and that. But I promise you, if you cling on to Jesus, if you look to Jesus, your hope will remain. It will anchor you and you will see it through. I believe that so strongly. He is our hope. He is our only hope. The world's crazy, life is insane, there's distractions thrown at you, but don't fear, do not be dismayed, because our God is on the throne, and he rules and reigns, and he is Lord over your life and my life. Cling to him, trust in him. He is our hope, our only hope. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our only hope. Thank you, Lord God, that we can cling to you. God, may we be reminded of this as we go into our week this week. And whatever this week holds for each person here, may they be reminded of our hope. And may they abound, like Romans 15, 13 say, may they abound in hope. May they just feel it rising this week. Even if their situations just demand a different response. May they be rooted and grounded and experience the hope of God. Church, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy today and his peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 He is faithful. He is true. I believe that hope has been stirred and, and, and uh, breath of God has breathed new life into your hope this morning. Amen. Amen. Church, we love you so much. I pray this would be a blessed week. And uh, just remember, hope. God is in control. He's got you. All right, we love you. Be blessed.